It's time for the Plan with Dan podcast, the show that will help you discover and achieve your true purpose for money and make you a more confident investor. We'll talk about sane and intelligent approaches to financial planning. Now, let's Plan with Dan. This is the Plan with Dan podcast. I'm Mark Kaywood alongside Dan Betzel, founder of Betzel Wealth Advisors in the greater Columbus area with an office in Gehenna near the airport. Find him online at BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can reach out and call the office 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. I'm sure we'll circle back to some of that later in the podcast today. But before we get to any of that, Dan, hello and welcome back into the show. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to it today. I am as well. Love doing these with you today. We've got some great content. We're going to talk gold. We're going to talk about different IRA accounts. We're (laughs) going to do a mind over money and we're going to debate. Well, I'm not going to debate, but hopefully you will settle some debates for us. Okay. We'll see about that. (laughs) Let's go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's kick it off with a bit of news. Extra, extra, read all about it. Dan, gold has been bouncing around its near low point of the year for the past few months, and most analysts are saying it doesn't look like a particularly attractive investment right now. What is your take just in general on owning gold? I know we've all seen the commercials on TV, and I know sort of what the old guard says about gold, and I know millennials say don't have it. So, I mean, what's your take on gold? Well, I think it's really interesting because, you know, every few months, you know, this discussion comes back and it doesn't really matter how gold's doing. If gold's at an all-time low, people are saying, maybe it's time to get into gold. If gold's at an all-time high, people say, well, maybe now it's time to get into gold. Uh, you know, here's how I look at it, right? And I'm very, I feel very, very strongly about this, but gold, commodities in general, they're not asset classes. We're not able to analyze, you know, the risk and return factors. The standard deviation is so high, it fluctuates at such, you know, tremendous amounts that, you know, I think the only gold that you should have would be like, you know, what you might want to buy your wife for a present or perhaps, you know. (laughs) You know, if if you have a well-diversified portfolio, you're going to have some exposure, of course, you know, to gold mines and copper mines and those type of things. So I have felt this way for my entire professional career that commodities are not asset classes. Commodities are extremely risky. And it's actually a very easy question for me. If you're going to buy gold, go buy your wife, you know, or your husband, you know, a nice piece of, uh, of jewelry. And that's it. Man, Dan with the hot takes today <laughs> on the podcast. I like that, though. It's important. I mean, that's definitely one of those issues that everybody talks about. You see the advertisements all over the place, especially on talk radio, Oh my gosh, talk yes. news. And so I think it's just important to be educated on that particular topic. I'll give you a real world example. Earlier this week, I had a very, very nice client, potential prospect come in. She had a very nice account. You know, about 50,000 of it were in various commodities. You know, I use a very, very sophisticated, you know, MRI portfolio analysis, you know, and anyone who's really using prudent, you know, evidence-based investing knows that we have to take those commodities out of the portfolio because there's no way to analyze them. It's speculation, you know, and could you make a lot of money off of it? You could, because it's not prudent investing. It's not evidence-based investing. It's speculation. As long as you know it's speculation, it's the same as, you know, just going to the casino. Okay, go for it. But that's not prudent investing. It certainly isn't what you want to pay someone to do for you. Yes, make sure you have a true investment plan in place rather than speculating all over the next Absolutely. big stock Absolutely. or commodity in this case. 
Let's move on now and hear from the listeners. It's time to open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. That's right. We love hearing from you, taking your listener questions. Feel free to go online. You can submit a question to be featured on the show. Don't worry. We'll change your name if we need to. Of course, protect the innocent, but you can go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com and submit your question. This one comes to us from Helene in New Albany. Helene says, is it okay to have several different IRAs or should I consolidate? I have seven accounts. That's a lot of IRAs. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, it's a great question. And I really, I'm really glad, Helen, that you wrote in and asked that question because I'll tell you what my opinion is. And I think most people would agree with this is, you know, if you have seven different accounts, well, you're paying seven different custodial fees. And depending on, you know, which custodians you're using, you may be paying fees that you don't have to pay if you were to consolidate them. But my real concern about having seven different accounts is, you know, how are they being managed? Are they being managed as a single investment philosophy? I would doubt it. So my guess is the person managing one account doesn't know about the others and is not taking the others into consideration. And I think it would be in your best interest. I feel very strongly that you consolidate them. You get a real clear investment policy about you know how you want these IRAs to be managed for your long-term benefit. And then you empower the person who is assisting you in managing them, you know, that they can keep that portfolio, you know, working for you, that they can rebalance. You know, if you have seven different, you can't rebalance between them or among them. And if you consolidated them, it would just, I think, go a long way to lowering your fees, streamline your investment philosophy. And I think in the long term, it'll give you a better rate of return. Well, thanks for writing in, Helene. Dan, before we dive into the main topic of the show today, the meat and potatoes, let's take one more mini segment here and dive into mind over money. Let's take a look at some of the psychology behind investment behavior. It's time for mind over money. Yeah, so today I want to talk about something that I call the the familiar oh, I can't even say it. When you're very familiar with something, <laughs> it gets a little embarrassing. Yes, so and so what I noticed when people come in to see me, and it makes common sense, but it's a bias we have about preferring those things that we're familiar with that you know, even everyone would agree, those people that follow prudent investing, evidence-based philosophy of investing would say, you know, the most you want is maybe four to 7% in US large stocks. Okay, everyone would agree with that, you know, all the academics agree, but yet most people that come in to see me have 50 or 60% in US large. Now, why is that? Because they tend to favor the familiar over the unfamiliar. And you prefer to have stock in the companies that you're familiar with. We all know Boeing and Procter Gamble and you know American Airlines. These are these great American institutions. And of course, we want to support them. But nevertheless, sometimes we'll have a bias toward them. And that can really influence our overall portfolio return and also the amount of risk or standard deviation that's in it. So the idea is be very, very aware of this bias to invest in companies that are domiciled you know, in our home country. And we have to be very, very mindful that we need to have a globally diversified portfolio. We don't want to shun certainly American companies, but we can't overemphasize American companies if we really want to have the rate of return and the control of the volatility or the risk inside of our portfolio. So be careful and be mindful that you don't have a bias toward that which is familiar. That's the familiarity bias. There I go. I said it. (laughs) Finally got it out. And always on the police for us, Dan, looking out for us and making sure we get out of our own heads when it comes to investing. 
All right, Dan, on today's podcast, I'm hoping you can settle some popular debates for us. There's a couple of different popular financial debates out there. You've probably heard these if you've listened to shows like Dave Ramsey or any other of the financial shows out there. But I kind of just want to get your opinion on some of these different issues and also leave it open to the idea that you could go either way on some of these different things I'm going to talk about, but that you need to have an informed opinion one way or the other. So let's just dive right in here, get your take. What's better, Dan, paying off debt or building up savings? So I know we talked a little bit off air that I said, okay, as a general rule, it's probably my, you know, uh, my legal education and my years as working as an attorney. The number one attorney answer is, hmm, it depends. That's what attorneys love to say. It I know. Depends. And it drives us listeners crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you I was going to really, really try and not to do that. But here's what I'll tell you. I have never met anyone who has entered retirement and had a very powerful retirement experience if they had significant debt. So I think it all depends on the ratio. If you have millions and millions and millions of dollars, you know, invested and you have property and you have some debt on that property, okay, that's probably okay. But for most Americans, you know, most Americans that I know that I work with, there is something that is not only so empirically powerful not to have that debt anymore, but something also psychologically or a behavioral finance of just so freeing. I, I know myself, my wife and I a couple years ago paid off the mortgage on the house and basically have no debt. And it's a very freeing experience. And I really, really encourage my clients to do the same. So I'm saying what's better, pay off the debt and build up savings at the same time if you can do it. But I still think that debt is the number one robber of the financial American dream. So you've got to manage that debt. If you manage the debt, I think then you're going to be able to take the extra money and you're going to be able to invest it and you're going to be able to grow it. Dan, we thank you for a fresh perspective. It does drive us crazy to hear. It depends, which I know with so many of these things, it really does. It really does depend on your particular situation and we can only get into so many of the specifics on a podcast if you really want specific answers for you you got to come in for a visit and meet with the team that's just how it is you have to get advice for your unique situation we really can't just make blanket statements for everyone absolutely however we do appreciate your your willingness to kind of dive in here and offer some hard thoughts so i'm going to go through a couple of products here And this next one, again, I'm just going to list out a few and I want to kind of get your take on some of these products because they really are different types of products that we see all the time in folks' portfolios. So as an example, life insurance, should you buy term or permanent? Well, I think that's a really great question. And, you know, I'm going to hedge a little bit on this one because I think it does in a large manner determine your age and what your ultimate goals are. I will say this, though, as a general rule, Term life insurance is like renting, you know, renting an apartment and permanent is like buying. But there are times in your life when it is better to rent. Maybe you just started out. So if you just gotten married and you're trying to get your financial house in order and you just need some insurance for the next five, 10 years until you get yourself, you know, situated correctly financially, I think term insurance makes a lot of sense. But my clients, most of them in their 50s and older that are looking toward retirement are looking at a different kind of risk management. They're not looking at you know, income replacement or to pay off the mortgage, they've done that already. They're looking like, what's going to happen if I have to, you know, go to a long-term care facility or if I'm going to be home for several years and need home health care? You know, there are some 
permanent life insurance policies that allow you to access the face value of those policies for long-term care and home health care. So as a general rule, I think if you're going to have insurance later in life, the permanent insurance makes more sense because the term insurance is going to be so expensive. But, you know, on the other hand, I had term insurance when I was younger um, and it was great to have it. You know, something had happened to me, then I knew my wife could pay the mortgage off and she would be able to get the kids through school. And there's nothing absolutely wrong with that. But it all depends on where you are in your life and what risk you're trying to mitigate. And like I said, we're going through a couple of different types of products here. So now give us your take on mutual funds and annuities. Those are hugely popular products that we hear about in this industry. Are they good or are they bad? Yeah, I've never been a big fan of annuities. I think in some isolated situations, it might be good for a person. I do believe that our industry, that my industry, we overemphasize them. We push them. We don't really talk about how complicated and how expensive they are. And I hate to say it, but I think a lot of it has to do with the very large commissions You know that the person who's selling it receives. Sometimes it's 7 or 8%. So as a general rule, I'm not a fan of annuities. I say, be careful, put up the stop sign, ask a lot of questions, find out how much that's going to cost, find out if it really makes sense for you. And I think in most cases, you're probably going to determine that it doesn't make sense for you. Now, mutual funds, well, there's all different kinds of mutual funds. So I would say that actively manage mutual funds, those funds that are trying to you know, time the market or stock pick, I think those are not in the long run good for you. There are other mutual funds, maybe structured funds or index funds, you know, which are, are more passively oriented oriented and they're much, much, much cheaper and they have very, very low internal expense ratios. Those are probably good mutual funds. So it's like anything else. You know, you have to make sure you have the right fund for you and your family and for your goals. So um, annuities, okay, I'm not a fan. Mutual funds, some of them are great and some of them are not. You have to look inside and see what's going on inside of those mutual funds and does that really fit with my overall investment philosophy and the goals I'm trying to achieve for myself and my family. Well, Dan, we certainly thank you for lending your opinion to some of these debates that are out there. We do know that so many of them depend on your unique situation, and that's why we encourage you to come in and visit with Dan and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors. Dan actually has a toolkit that can get you started, your retirement planning thought process. It's the Retirement Rescue Toolkit, and it's full of resources, again, just to help you get started thinking about your finances before you even come in to visit with the team. Dan, what's the toolkit, and how do you get it? Yeah, so the toolkit, you can easily get it. You can either go to my website, fill out a form on the website. You can email me at dan at betzelwealthadvisors.com or call the office. The toolkit has a book that I co-authored that has seven lessons for a very powerful, uh, efficient retirement income planning. There's a CD. There's a couple white papers. There's a list of really powerful questions that you need to ask yourself and a couple other things in there, too, that hopefully you'll find very, very useful and helpful as you begin to put your house in order and take those first steps toward retirement planning and reaching your goals. So if you'd like to get that toolkit, there's two ways to get it. Like Dan said, you can go online to BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. That's BetzelWealthAdvisors.com. Or you can call 614-472-4510. That's 614-472-4510. Reach out, get your retirement rescue toolkit, and get on the calendar to come in for a complimentary visit with Dan Betzel and the team at Betzel Wealth Advisors. Dan, thanks as always for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. We'll do it again next time on another edition of Plan With Dan.
Fee-based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Betzel Wealth Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio.